Hello and welcome back to The Path, the podcast from LifestyleRx. Uh, I'm Dan, and joining me here this week is Brendan, uh, as as always, and also our special guest for this week, Jess, who is our lead dietitian here at LifestyleRx. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Dan. And hi, Brendan. This is going to be a fun session. <laughs> I agree. So, our- so, Jess, I've been looking forward to getting you on this podcast since we started, um, because you and I have obviously worked together for a number of years, so we we work really well together. Um, I would love you to just describe to our listeners your approach in helping patients improve their nutrition. Yeah, so that's such a good question, because I think it's so person-dependent too, but in a nutshell, if I had to kind of wrap it up in a couple sentences, I probably would take people and really, and this is going to sound cheesy, but where they're at is sort of where we start from. So if somebody is, you know, brand new, hasn't even started the program yet, we're just doing, you know, ground zero, where are you? Let's get more fruits and vegetables in you. And if it's somebody who's like graduated, they're been done for like, you know, 15, 16 weeks, um, we're being a little bit more optimal. So we're trying to like break through some barriers that they're facing and get them into a place where they want to be. So yeah, it's, but it's very much where they're at and how are they feeling and what's their capacity. Nice. Uh, just I, actually going to add on that. So we do get people that come in that are plant-based or they're keto or, um, or, you know, any, any of the other dozen different dietary yeah. approaches that are out there. How do you handle that? Oh, yeah, I think it's really, you know, you want to respect people's, you know, Googling and what they want to follow and what resonates with them, right? Because there's no sort of one eating pattern that everyone should follow, right? If there was, we'd all be laughing and following it and our jobs would be done. So it's really about, you know, taking what they like about all these different approaches and just making sure that they're eating a balanced meal, right? Because sometimes when you do certain eating patterns, you might be missing out on fiber, for example. So you do want to make sure whatever they're following that they're not missing anything. But no, we can totally integrate whatever they're doing, whatever resonates with them. Because truly, the whole purpose of this is to find a way for them to eat that they can maintain kind of forever. So yeah, everything's in. And and I guess along those same lines, like, um, when we talk about making dietary changes, it's obviously a a big thing in someone's life to make those changes. How do you approach patients, you know, who, who are hesitant about that or who have, want, are going to are having difficulties and like uh, are trying to, to get going on that? What's, what's your approach for that? Yeah. So I, I think we're so lucky because the people that come through us are so keen and so eager and they're willing to listen and make changes and do the work. Um, the only people sometimes that aren't that keen are when they're a spouse of somebody who's being forced to talk to me. Um, but otherwise I think people are like so willing. And, but I think really if somebody's a little bit hesitant, um, it's really just explaining the why behind everything, right? Because if you're kind of being super bossy and telling them things without explaining why you're making that recommendation, then why would they listen to you? And like, I always think the same thing, like, I live close to the water and uh, they're like, no dogs in the winter, you know, dogs aren't allowed on the beach, but then it's like, why? And then I finally figured out it's because the birds need to eat and the dogs disrupt the birds. And you're like, Oh, 
I get it. Okay, I won't let my dog off leash. So I think it's the same approach for us here, right? If we explain the facts, explain the whys, then they're way more likely to listen and, and integrate. So the, the power yeah. of why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, here, here's a fun one because I have no idea what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> in your opinion, what's the most impactful dietary change a person can make to reverse their type 2 diabetes? Ooh, that is a really good question. Um, this is going to sound so simple, like so, so simple, but it's probably just eating homemade food more often, right? And that could just be for somebody, whether that's just, oh, I'm just trying to think of something like really basic, but just having a fruit or vegetable with every meal and snack. And if you're making those meals at home, you're way more likely to do that. Like you're way more likely to like integrate, you know, the things that you have in your fridge. But I think people who are, you know, eating out all the time or, you know, relying on those like super quick microwavable dinners, like just... I think the best thing you can do is really just make your homemade meals, right? You're using less salt, you're using less sugar, you're using less, you know, inflammatory oils. Like, I just think it's the best bang for your buck. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so interesting because, you know, think about like our society and, and, and what it says, right? Like more and more people are eating out and yet that's, yes. that's the, the worst thing they can do, right? Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the cost of the food eating out too, like you're, spending yeah. more money plus like it's not doing you any favors so i think it's like double whammy then i guess what do you say for um i know a common thing that i've heard about that is that people just like i don't have time to cook at home like yes. what is the how do you what do you say when someone says that yes. yeah i think it's really like cooking can be super simple right like even for us like when you're really really busy um it doesn't have to be like this fancy elaborate you know cordon bleu with the dressing and the like you can just oh, buy really good. <laughs> I, I was like what's fancy i don't even know what's fancy um but you could just do like really good quality soup and then have some raw veggies on the side right or you could buy you know a pre-roasted chicken and have veggies on the side so or an omelet or i'm just trying to think of other really quick things like a tuna fish sandwich like you can make it super simple um so i think we just get in our heads too much right and we just think it has to you have to yeah just be simple yeah hey yeah. share share your tip on uh on veggies the uh, <laughs> uh oh which one i have so many i have so many <laughs> the veggie, keep going the veggie platter oh yeah okay so honestly don't tell anyone but i'm obviously on a podcast so you're going to tell everyone but um one of the most amazing lazy things you can do is just spend the money and buy a platter like a veggie platter but maybe skip the dip add some hummus instead but the veggies are cut up for you right so there's usually like celery carrots broccoli and washed and washed <laughs> so all you have to do is like buy this put it in your fridge and go i'm going to eat this this whole week so um, Costco has a fantastic price for veggie platters. Yeah. Nice. It's a hack. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, uh, what are like some common misconceptions about uh, nutrition in general that you hear when you're working with patients? Like what's the most common thing that people think is, but it's not yeah. actually right. Yeah. And we just went through a bunch of myths too. So this was totally top of mind right now, but I think misperceptions are fruit and veggies are not 
all veggies, but most veggies, or me to say that again, most fruit is out and some veggies are out. So mm. I think a lot of people think, you know, the starchy carrots and peas, you know, too much sugar, cut those out and fruit is automatically out because there's tons of sugar in fruit. But so I think when people finally hear us speak, they're like, oh, what? I can have peaches and I can have berries and I can have cherries and and don't go fruit crazy. Like don't, you know, have this, you know, three cups of fruit salad and don't all fruit like diet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have met one person who was very fruit. Um there's actually like a term for people who are follow only a fruit yeah. diet. Fruitarian. Is that is that did you just yeah. make that up or is that a no, real Steve, Steve okay. Jobs was a fruitarian for a period of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So don't be that. Don't be that. But um, I think the biggest misperception is that, you know, fruit is out and the starchy veggies are out too. But And they're not because they have so much fiber and so much other nutrition. And as long as you're eating it in a reasonable amount with protein, like it's totally fine. So yeah, don't villainize those guys. Cool. What, um, what do you love about working directly kind of one-on-one -on -one with patients at Lifestyle Rx? I think it's really lovely that, you know, you can get results and you can see them within the, the amount of time that we're working together. Because sometimes like when you see somebody, it's a one-off session and then they disappear forever. So you have no idea, like the impact you're having, you have no idea if you're making a difference. Um, and I think they get motivated too, because they do see the immediate changes with the CGMs. So they can actually see, oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. If I have protein with this meal, or if I eat protein first, or if I decrease the carbs, oh, I don't have these like massive spikes. So I think it's so amazing to actually see the results and the differences in people. Um, and then again, everyone is so keen and so motivated that that is so much fun. Because again, unless you're being forced to talk to me, um, most people are really are really willing to try it and experiment. So yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun because, um, one of the things I, when, when physicians approach me about working with us, uh, and I think it's the same with the dietitians. It, it really is the, the, like the best population because people, people, yes. people want to make change. They're keen to make yeah. it. They're so happy when, when they get their results and, um, and it's different, it's different than a lot of practices, isn't it? Yeah. Very different. And I think what's great too, is that you know, we are such a lovely team that, you know, if we do stumble, like you just reach, like I can be like, oh, go see Dr. Byrne, right? And then we troubleshoot and make sure that they're on the right path. But like, I just think them knowing that we have each other too, like we're not just these like silos of practitioners who are on their own making things up. Like, I think it's, it's, that's huge. And yeah, no, I think it's, it's great. And you touched on there for a second, uh, uh, CGMs, and we get a lot of questions about um, CGMs and how you should use them, especially like what, what make like what's the most useful way. So for you as a dietitian, what do you think people get the most from CGMs and what should they be looking for when they're using them? Yeah, I think like people always love this like very prescriptive recommendation, right? So they always want to be told like exactly the number that they're aiming for. So it's really hard to be like, no, 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 use it as a trend. Um, don't use it as the exact number. And I think sometimes people become a little bit, you know, they're so loving it that they check it every minute of the day. And then they have, you know, 
but so I, I think the CGM has a huge impact in the carb tolerance piece for me. So I like when they can kind of see a meal that they eat, you know, maybe it's not the results that they're looking for. Again, I don't even worry about the number, but it's more just like, where did you start from? Where did you end up? And if that meal that they created didn't sit well with them, then you can go, okay, let's troubleshoot and figure out how to make that meal sit well with you. Because if you love your own meal, I don't want to take that away from you. But if we can, you know, do steel cut oats or add some peanut butter or add some psyllium husks, like, I just think it really personalizes people. Um, and that's what I love it for. But I just, I think people get so, um, they love it too much, right? Where they're just like, I need to check all the time. And you're like, please, no, don't do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, It's, it's like what we're always saying, you know, don't confuse the, uh, the mileposts for the journey, right? That yes. they're giving us information, but the real task at hand is, is, is all the changes you're making. Yeah, yeah. And it's so much fun too, because I'm sure you see this where they can share the results with you. So mm-hmm. you can actually go through it and, it, and you're like, what, what happened here? And you actually like explore and you truly figure out, you know, what's going well and what's not. So it's, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, um, so we talk a lot about the better mindset in, in the Lifestyle Arts program, you know, better, not perfect. Um, how do you, how do you get that through to people? And like, how do you coach them on mm. that stuff? That concept? Yeah, I, even kind of just going back to what we were talking about with this, you know, all or nothing approach, right? Like there's some people who are 100% cold turkey, just want to jump in 100%, right? And then when they accidentally, you know, have a birthday, or they're going to a wedding, or, you know, it's Labor Day long weekend, and they're going to a barbecue, like it's just, it's, they are so hard on themselves that they went back to their old habits. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest teaching is that, you know, it's okay to not be 100% all the time and don't feel guilty. Don't do that negative self-talk. Um, think about all the wins you've had, right? So I think the better mindset is just reminding people that you don't have to be perfect, right? Because if you are, you're so hard on, like it's just this all or nothing approach is just heartbreaking, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I get scared when I see people up front and they're trying to be perfect because they're they're the ones that quit. Right. They, yes. They, they get three weeks in, something happens. It can't be perfect, and oh, I can't yes. do it. And it's yes. really, it really, it doesn't have to be that hard. No, and especially like this time of year too, when we go into like Halloween, and then we have Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving first, and then Halloween, and then you know all these holidays that are coming up. You just you're constantly getting tested, and your willpower <laughs> is not you know infinite, right? So you do need to be okay with not being perfect i think we're gonna have fun on the halloween podcast <laughs> <laughs> dress up the dogs yeah yeah <laughs> so um jess you you are a certified health coach so i know that but probably all yeah. people don't know that um how does that inform your practice yeah i think the um i really i really love the being a coach. And I think the difference between being like a health practitioner and being a coach is that, you know, when you're a health practitioner, you're an expert, right? So you come into these sessions with somebody and you have your agenda, you know what you want to say to them and, you know, in and out, that's it. But I think as a coach, you're more someone's 
partner, and it might sound weird, but but you're more in there with them trying to figure out, you know, what they want to get out of that session, right? So I could have an idea that I want to up someone's fiber, but then they just could have had the most stressful two weeks of their life. And they're like, please, let's not talk, let's not talk about food. Let's just talk about, you know, 10 things that I can do to de-stress right now. And we spend the whole nutrition session talking about stress versus about my, you know, fiber. But I think it's really just putting that expert hat aside because it's really useless for somebody who's either overwhelmed or dealing with something that, you know, food is not the priority, right? So I, I truly love being someone's, someone's coach compared sometimes to being their dietitian. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say it's so, it's so fun when I see one of your, you know, one of your uh, members that comes back to me for something and I hear about the conversations and um it's you know it has such an impact because it is you know there yeah. there are more important things sometimes than fiber <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, and and yeah. and recognizing that and 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 actually you know um you know because our, our we're, we're like sherpas right like we we, we, totally. we can't go on the mountain for people we're kind of guide them on a yeah. path and, and so sometimes yeah. it's yeah, that's actually not the right path right now. <laughs> let's, you know, let's try this. Yeah. No, I, and I, I think like just, it's it's really just, I, I'm, I tend to be very bossy. Like people who do work with me know that I'm like very like bossy to the point. Let's get this. This is what, you know, but it's really just what is the priority, right? And if you are at your max, then there's absolutely no reason why I need to add more stress to your life, right? So, Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Another thing that you're also, I know you're passionate about is, uh, and you're an expert on is gut health. So how do you yeah. approach um, when you have type two diabetes and kind of digestive issues and the gut health uh, aspect, how did, what's your approach to that? Yeah, I think the gut health piece, like we could do a whole podcast on, on gut health, but um, I think the gut health piece, it feels backwards to do it first, but you do need to tackle the, any sort of GI issues first. And GI issues can be, you know, bloating or gurgling or gas or acid reflux or constipation or like there's a huge realm of things but you know when somebody is let's say you know not their gut is not in tip-top shape they can't tolerate all the fruits and veggies that we're recommending right and, and they can't tolerate 30 grams of fiber so you do need to really like help you know bring down these flares bring down the inflammation make sure their gut can handle the change that we're about to like integrate into their life. Um, but yeah, I think gut health definitely needs to be tackled first. And, you know, even going back to the, the stress in people's life, like the brain gut connection is huge, right? So if they're feeling, you know, stress, that's going to show up in their gut. And then here we are trying to talk about blood sugars. Like it's just, it mm -hmm. feels way too much, way too much. So no, I think the gut health piece is, and again, I'm a little bit biased because I think it's really important, but I think it's, it is important and we should tackle it probably first before anything else. Well, and this is where I, I think working with you uh, really has informed my practice because uh, well, I, when I see people, so everyone has a wellness quotient, so we got a little gut index score on, on them. And, um, and I will see people right up front and, and identify the, that. And I, I literally will say, you know, if after week two, so I often will get kind of give the benefit of if you cut out kind of all the refined carbs and a lot of the ultra processed foods, because a lot of people got issues stop right. right <laughs> yes. 
but if you haven't noticed a significant improvement, we've made those changes that um, really probably prioritizing working one on one with the dietitian to, to get on top of that. And that becomes your first job, you know, you you figure that out first. What I love with it is by the time people come back to it, it's like, okay, my digestive issues are gone. And guess what? Your A1C is down too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. No, I know. And it, it does feel like sometimes when I when you have that conversation, you're like, we've got to do this first. They're just like, why? But I don't think anyone really, like, I think we live in this world where all of our organs are separate, right? Like we don't understand that the gut impacts the liver and then that impacts your blood. Like we just have all these like, silos I keep using that word but it's true like I think we have we don't look at things holistically and I think the gut pieces um has their little fingers in all these different components it is very very strange when you understand physiology that we've got you know gastroenterologists specializing in the gut and we've got other doctors specializing in neurology and other doctors specializing in in, you know hormones and endocrinology um, yeah. it really, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we need to do a reorg. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I support that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I guess, uh, next one here. So, um, how, how do you address, um, like emotional eating and other like psychological barriers to making uh, dietary or nutrition changes and mm. a programmer in general? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it's, that's actually a really good question because, and that's such a big question, right? Because emotional could be, you know, you're having a terrible day and you want to emotionally eat, right? Or maybe you just have this terrible relationship with food. So now we're rewinding decades and trying to figure that out. Um, 100%, if it's that deep, we do need to bring in like a counselor, 100%. Like I do, I'm just a dietitian. Like I can't do, um, that additional layer but I think you know when somebody does let's say they're using food for a reward or for to decompress at the end of the day then it's just kind of sometimes the awareness right because I don't even Mm. know sometimes how much we know that we do that so it's just uh you know bringing it up even suggesting it and then they recognize that that's what they do and then we can start brainstorming other solutions, right? So we can start going, okay, so if it's because you're working at home and the kitchen is right there, let's go for a walk instead, or let's get you out of your house, or let's get your hands busy. Like let's start knitting or let's start doing something where you're not, you know, your hand, I talk with my hands, but like, you know what I mean? Like where your hands are actually like doing something that you can't be endlessly eating. Not moving um, the chips out of the bay. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think awareness is key, honestly. So I would start there first and just make sure that we're on the same page, that they're aware, um, and then brainstorming together other tactics. So, but a counselor would be another person to bring on to the team, 100%. One thing that I've noticed, and and I I wonder if if you've seen this as well, um, you know, overwhelmingly when I talk to people and ask them, do you stress eat? And Mm -hmm. overall, people say yes. And when they go through the program and I ask them, you know, this, are they still stress eating? And they're like, no. And, and, and really what they were having was cravings and, and mm. right. And so they 
they thought it was stress yeah. eating, but it was actually just cravings, right? So right. Do, yeah. you, do, you see, do you see that a fair bit? So we're, 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 we yeah. kind of have, we kind of personally misdiagnose ourselves on these, some of these <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. And I find like when you eat food, like really quick snacky things, right? It doesn't fill you up, right? So mm-hmm. of course you're hungry again in like 20 minutes. So, and then of course you want to reach for those like more salty, more sugary things. Cause again, you're, you need that energy boost, right? So yeah, I think if we can load people up with, you know, satiating protein and fiber, they're way less likely to emotionally eat because they feel full and they're like, oh, I can't imagine eating anymore right now. So yeah, exactly. I see the same thing. Yeah. What, um, going back to kind of some of the common challenges and maybe just you know, rattle off a few kind of common mm-hmm. challenges that you see and kind of quick, quick things that, that come to mind in, in terms of you know, hel- helping people with those common challenges. Yeah. So I think people like a prescriptive recommendation, right? So please eat 60 grams of carbs and please, you know, follow this low carb keto type diet, follow this meal plan. So I think people really don't like it when we're like, Ooh, so, you know, let's figure out, you know, how to eat more carbs, but maybe the right carbs and not no carbs. And I think we're adding sometimes more complexity to people and, and, that's very, very, sometimes I think they're going to thank us in the long term. But I think when we actually say that in the moment, they're like, <laughs> oh, no, I have to actually do all this work myself. So yeah. um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges, honestly, is people just want to be told exactly what to do. And to empower them and make them work is 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 hard. Um, so, yes, prescriptive, I think. Um, and going back, like people want us to give them like macros, like they want these these grams of carbs and they want these calories and and it's like ah okay well calories in versus calories out that's a myth that we need to bust and and we're not about low carb like good carbs are in and fruits in and vegetables are in so I think you know soy is fine it doesn't cause man boobs like all these things that like people google um I think we just yeah I I, I don't know I hope I hope we add clarity after 12 weeks, but I totally get the first two weeks that people are like, this is so much work. Yeah. yeah. No, and you've heard me say this. Uh, when, I, when I was teaching my son to drive, it was really fun watching how people learn, right? And so, you know, before he took his learners, he didn't even know the yeah. rules of the road. So, <laughs> right. so he, was, he was unconscious and he was incompetent. And, <laughs> and, then, and then he reads the book and now he's conscious, but he's incompetent. He can't drive the vehicle. And then yeah. you go through that stage where you're conscious and you're competent. And that's where you're thinking about all these things and trying to make sense of them. Um, yeah. But you do get to that place where you can listen to the radio and have a conversation and drive yeah. the car. Um, and yeah. you forget that you're where you're going half the you just get to, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was driving. <laughs> listen to a podcast. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I, I feel like the macro one is, uh, I, I would say, that, you know, the back to the misconceptions. Yeah. Um, and it's so, it's, you know, I, I mean, we have a week call. You know, we, we frame it yeah. around all carbs are not created equal. So how can you have a macro about a category where the, there's, there's <laughs> right. yeah, different choices? Yeah. I, I feel like we overcome that with when we, you know, the yeah. prescriptive barrier, when we give them the protein prescription. I know. Yeah, I, know. Okay, I don't want a prescription. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then fibers in there too. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's two, there's two prescriptions. So you're right. There you go. We got protein and fiber. Yeah. So um, we're just coming up to the, the, the end here, Jess, but um, 
what what would be your simple advice for somebody who just signed up for the program and what would be kind of your advice as they they go into their first session yeah so i'd probably like circle back to the first question you guys even asked today and it's just you know start where you're at and you don't have to take like our pace for a lot of people is a little bit too quick like sometimes i hear people are like oh i'd love it to be like every other week right so we might be progressing weekly and we might be in week six, but they're still in week three and that's okay. So I think, you know, the best advice I can say is, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, which happens so much is just pick three things. That's it. Whether the three things are eat a fruit and vegetable with every meal or take your omega threes or move your body every day, like just take three things and solidify those and master those. And then when you're ready, we'll keep adding to that list. But I think sometimes people get so keen that they're like, okay, I need to do, I need to fast. I need to take my D and my omega threes and my fiber supplement and the protein and sleep and meditate. And and then it just, yeah. And then you don't do it and then you don't do it. So pick three, pick three. I love it. Yeah. I I think, I think that's great. Slow and, and slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with fiber. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks. Jess, we, we, we've touched on a couple of things that we have to have you back quickly or we gotta, gotta do, we gotta do a gut health and, yes. and we'll do a fiber session. <laughs> yes, we, we will do that. <laughs> Anytime. I'd love it. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today. That was a excellent discussion. And uh, if you have any of the listening has any questions that they want us to answer um, or to have Jess answer for sure on a future podcast, leave them in the comments on the community post or on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching this. Uh, we read them all and we keep a nice list and we will definitely get to those um, in a future show. So um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Brendan and Jess, for being here again today. Um, if you're interested in signing up for the Lifestyle RX program, it's available in BC, Alberta, and Ontario, and it's provincially covered in those um, provinces. And you can sign up at lifestylerx.ca. So we hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dan. Bye, guys. <laughs>